Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. New guidance on face masks. As of Monday the 15th of June, face coverings will become mandatory on public transport. Fresh hope and fresh disappointment for the potential treatment backed by Donald Trump. The story of hydroxychloroquine and its use for coronavirus has more twists and turns than your average soap opera. And why you could be getting a haircut sooner than you think. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis. Face masks will be made compulsory on all public transport in England from the 15th of June. Passengers could be refused entry if they're not covering their face from next week. Confirming the move, the Transport Secretary Grant Shapps said people should avoid threatening PPE supplies. That doesn't mean surgical masks, which we must keep for clinical settings. It means the kind of face covering you can easily make at home. With more people using transport, the evidence suggests that wearing face coverings offers some, albeit limited, protection against the spread of the virus. Scotland's First Minister Nicola Sturgeon also warned face masks could become mandatory in enclosed spaces amid reports people are ignoring guidance to wear them. Hydroxychloroquine, the malaria drug first touted by Donald Trump as a potential game-changer for coronavirus treatment in March. Then, in mid-May, the president went one, or possibly five, steps further. It's been around for 40 years for malaria for lupus, for other things. I take it. Frontline workers take it. A lot of doctors take it. Excuse me. A lot of doctors take it. I take it. But now a widely anticipated clinical trials found the controversial drug doesn't prevent those exposed to COVID-19 from developing the disease. All this just days after the World Health Organization paused its own clinical trials over fears it could actually increase the risk of death from COVID-19, only to announce they'll go ahead with them on Wednesday. Confused? Well, us too. The Telegraph's global health security correspondent Anne Gulland has been following the research. The story of hydroxychloroquine and its use for coronavirus has more twists and turns than your average soap opera. The latest news centred on a study that looked at its use in preventing the disease. But, to the disappointment of many, the trial showed that the drug was not terribly effective. Researchers at the University of Minnesota studied 821 people who had recently been exposed to the virus. Half were given the drug and half were given a placebo. Nearly 12% of those given hydroxychloroquine went on to develop coronavirus, compared to 14% given the placebo. 
the difference between the two groups was simply not big enough, researchers concluded. This long-standing therapy has been in the news a lot lately, largely because of Donald Trump, who can't seem to stop talking about it. Hopes were first raised by a French study in March. Then, two large-scale trials were launched looking at various therapies, including hydroxychloroquine. One study is led by researchers in the UK and the other by the World Health Organization. But then, a Lancet study warned the drug could actually increase the risk of someone dying. The WHO suspended the hydroxychloroquine arm of its trial, while the UK researchers vowed to continue. But yesterday, the Lancet admitted its study was flawed and WHO said it would resume its study. The truth is that we just don't know yet whether hydroxychloroquine is beneficial as a treatment or preventive therapy because none of the trials that have so far reported results are big enough. Well, any effective treatment would be a game changer. The ultimate aim is, of course, a vaccine. And today, more than 50 countries and organisations, including China, the US and Norway, pledged over $8.8 billion to fund global immunisation programmes at a vaccine summit hosted by the UK. The aim is to avoid up to 8 million deaths from diseases that can be prevented by vaccines by supporting Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance. A number of nations, including Finland, Burkina Faso and New Zealand, announced their first contributions to Gavi in its 20-year history. The UK has already pledged over $1.6 billion over the next four years. The event was organised before the pandemic struck, but The Telegraph's Jordan Kelly Linden says Gavi will also play a large role if scientists find a coronavirus vaccine. The Vaccine Alliance, as it is also known, will also be central in efforts to deliver a potential coronavirus vaccine to countries across the globe. The total amount of $8.8 billion marks an unprecedented level of global cooperation and follows weeks of escalating geopolitical hostilities as countries under pressure at home attempt to shift the blame elsewhere. The World Health Organization has also emerged as a proxy battlefield for a power struggle between China and the US. At the end of last week, Donald Trump cut ties with the UN agency over accusations it had been China-centric and mishandled the early response to the pandemic. But both nations were at the table on Thursday and without mentioning each other, said they were committed to global collaboration. Onlookers have suggested that Gavi is more neutral than the WHO and that the UK was able to leverage their support as a result. Announcing the grand total, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said, Today we make a choice to unite, to forge a path to global, global cooperation. And let us also renew our collective resolve to find that vaccine that can, in the end, who knows how soon it will come, let's hope it comes as soon as possible, that in the end can defeat coronavirus. Significantly, Gavi also launched a new financing facility to ramp up production of potential vaccine candidates and secure global distribution. This has been heralded as critical to combat vaccine nationalism, where wealthy countries are prioritised over those who might need it most. Brazil and Mexico have both suffered a record rise in daily coronavirus deaths amid fears Latin America's reopening too soon. On Wednesday, Mexico reported a daily death toll of over 1,000 for the first time since the outbreak began, while Brazil announced over 1,300 deaths, a record for the country. Both nations are now in the 10 worst hit amid concern they haven't yet seen the peaks of their outbreaks. Brazil's President Jair Bolsonaro has opposed any form of lockdown, a decision that's resulted in battle 
battles with local authorities who've defied presidential orders and locked down some states individually. In Mexico, local authorities have been reluctant to heed the president's calls for a return to economic normality. Official figures show that just 0.4 tests have been carried out per 1,000 people. With no hairdressers open, I have rarely been more grateful to work behind a microphone and not a camera. But in news we've all been waiting for, months of terrible DIY buzz cuts could soon come to an end. Boris Johnson's considering proposals for hair salons and barbershops to reopen later this month. Ministers had previously said that hairdressers would remain shut until the 4th of July at the earliest. But industry and government sources have told The Telegraph they're discussing moving the date forward as part of a drive to reopen the economy faster Confirming the move, leader of the Commons, Jacob Rees-Mogg, admitted he too was looking forward to a snip. Um, Mr. Speaker, when I was a child, I remember there being a song, I'll be your long-haired lover from Liverpool. (laughs) I had never aimed in my whole career to end up looking like the long-haired lover from Liverpool, but I fear I'm heading in that direction. I I have never had longer hair. And I'm beginning to wonder whether I oughtn't to ask Nanny if she can't find a pudding bowl and put it on and see if something can be done as an emergency measure. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that most of us won't be resorting to Nanny and a pudding bowl. But to see what our next haircut could look like, The Telegraph's beauty director, Sonia Harrier, has been looking into the future of salons. She told me it won't be business as usual. So when salons do open you can expect quite a different experience to what you're used to. You'll most likely have to wear PPE, so whether that's a face mask, maybe some gloves. Some salons have even talked about giving you a sort of PPE goodie bag at the door where they give you your own mask and disposable gloves to wear throughout your whole experience. When you do get to the salon, you'll most likely have to wait outside or either just come at your allotted appointment time. So you can probably say goodbye to those nice frothy coffees while you flick through a magazine. In terms of payment, a lot of salons are putting in schemes to prepay for your appointment or also pay contactless or by bank transfer. And also there might not be blow dries for the time being. This isn't completely confirmed yet, but some salons are debating whether to scrap blow dries for the initial phase of lifting lockdown because hair dryers blast air particles freely around the salons, which could compromise the safety of the space. And essentially, apart from the one-on-one time where you're having your hair washed and when you're having your hair cut, the whole sort of area will have to maintain social distancing. This is Coronavirus, the latest from The Telegraph. I'm Theodora Leloudis and I'll be back on Friday evening with your final update of the week. In the meantime, since you are a podcast fan, we have an interview I know you'll find interesting. Former head of MI6, Sir Richard Dearlove, has been speaking to The Telegraph's Planet Normal podcast about why he believes the coronavirus may have started as an accident after it escaped from a Chinese lab and what that would mean for UK-China relations. Whether you agree, disagree or are completely Switzerland neutral, it's quite an admission from the former head of the British Secret Intelligence Service. To hear that, search Planet Normal on your podcast app or Telegraph subscribers can hear the full cut of the interview, including all the bits we couldn't quite squeeze in the podcast by clicking on the link in the show notes to this episode. If you're not already a subscriber, you can enjoy the first 30 days free by accessing our listener offer at telegraph.co.uk slash audio. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.